You're listening to episode 282 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today's episode is a little bit different because this is the recording of the very first live podcast recording I've ever done. And it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was such a blast. I'm definitely going to do this again. Um, that we got a ton of people on, which I, for my very first time running a live one, I thought that was amazing. That was really, really cool. And we got to have all sorts of engagement, super, super engaged audience. We were getting to chat with people in the comments and we addressed some listener questions at the end as well. So you will hear some of those. Um, and we're talking today with a repeat guest on the podcast that I absolutely adore. One of my good friends, Sarah Silverstein. And Sarah is a breathwork facilitator. She is a female sexuality expert. She has all kinds of incredible things to her name. And we're getting into this episode around communication. And this is a big one. This is a big one. I've obviously talked about communication before on this podcast. I'll reference some different episodes for you. But I was really excited to get Sarah's opinion on this and to get her take on it because she and I have some really, really incredible conversations. And I wanted you to be able to experience all of the goodness that and wisdom that she has to offer. So we're getting into why we struggle so damn much with communication and the fears that can arise when we're sharing our needs. The one tool that Sarah suggests that can shift the entire conversation when you're engaging in some stressful communication and how to open those types of conversations in a way that makes you and the other person both feel safe too, which is really, really important. We're talking about communication in the bedroom. We're talking about embracing your sensitivity rather than shutting yourself off in difficult conversations and your, the fact that, that your feelings and, and your experience are completely valid too. And learning to regulate your own emotions and not depending or outsourcing that to other people to take care of for you. We, like I said, we are also addressing, addressing some listener questions at the end. Um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. So let me know how this lands for you. I'd love to get your feedback and I'm looking at hopefully booking the next live one either sometime in July or August at the very latest, but I will keep you posted. If you want to get on the, uh, the wait list to get notified as soon as I announce it, Definitely sign up to receive emails from me so that you don't miss it. All of the information is in the show notes. Um, you can also jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com for all the information over there. And please share this over on social media as well. So make sure to tag Sarah, tag myself. I'm over at Emily Goff Coach. Um, Sarah's information is all listed in the show notes as well. We would love to see that you're listening and make sure to just, yeah, share the shit out of this because more people need to be communicating. <laughs> so let's dive in with Sarah. Room to Grow podcast, the very first live edition. Sarah, you are a repeat guest to the Room to Grow podcast. So hello. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Hi. So tell us a little bit about, about you for anyone who is not yet familiar with you. Um, and I'll reference your previous episode, episode 139 in the show notes too. Incredible episode. I've gotten so much uh, feedback about it, but Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what do you do, anything you feel like sharing, some random tidbit of information. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Silverstein, a rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I wish I was cool. Um, I'm an international breath work, breath work guide and an aura photographer and a female sexuality specialist. I originally reigned from upstate New York and I lived in New York City for a long time and I ended up fleeing uh, to travel the world because I bottomed out emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, was riddled with anxiety. And I was like, I gotta get the hell out of here. And I set off on, I guess, what's most 
cutely called my eat, pray, love adventure, uh, which has landed me here in lovely Bali, where I have had a solo practice of breathwork and auras and sexuality for the past two and a half years. And it's been absolutely incredible. Um, but I'm just your, your average gal who is seeking a different way of life after being told that like I had to, to chase the American dream, you know, uh, get the job, get the partner, get the everything, get the stuff. Right. And when I had all the stuff, I realized I wasn't happy. And I thought, huh, there has to be something better out there. And thankfully I'm a seeker and take direction really well. And I just did everything that people suggested of me. And it has led me to feeling more fulfilled. And let's be honest, not all of the time, but pretty much fulfilled on a day-to-day -day basis, which is great. Uh, and it's been really phenomenal. But um, yeah, I didn't ever think I would be able to create my, like the reality that I was craving, but turns out it is possible. It's not a bunch of fluff. And I used to get really discouraged when people would talk about that, being like, just manifest whatever life it is that you want. And I was like, if one more person tells me to manifest my reality, I'm gonna punch them. Uh, and then turns out it's like by doing hard work and putting your mind in the right place, you, you can actually do whatever the hell you want. So it's pretty freaking neat. Uh, but primarily I, I teach breath work and I see clients um, on a daily basis, which is incredible. And I've had an awesome opportunity to dive deeper in with individuals. So what's going on with them? So um, it's given me an opportunity to see I'm not as alone in all the ways that I think that I am. <laughs> and I have to say, now I can't remember if I, if, if we talked about this, I think that we talked about this a little bit on the first episode, but that you were one of the very first people I spoke to in Bali, other than like wait staff at restaurants. And I had known before I wanted to, before, before I even went to Bali that I wanted to try breath work because I'd, I'd done some research into it. It sounded really cool, but it's not super accessible here in North America, especially not a couple of years ago. It's becoming a little bit more mainstream, but, um, and I was like, okay, Bali's a perfect place. So I, I started looking at breath work when I got to Bali and I think I'd only been in Bali for like four or five days. And I came to your class and you and I were talking about this again in the DMs a few weeks ago. And I was like in tears because it was so touching that the day, the day we had the breathwork session, there was someone else in the class who was not always the most fun to be around. And no, no. She tried to tank my business. Like, let's be okay. real clear. <laughs> She you tried know how far to you wanted to take my this. business. No, I have no shame in fucking being real with what's actually going on here. So this girl waddles in and I'm like, no, not today. Not <laughs> today. Then you saw me apparently. And you just told me this recently. You saw me come into the class and I was kind of timid, which anyone who listens to this podcast or knows me in real life is not, does not typically associate me with the word timid. <laughs> but in that particular moment in time, I was so emotionally spent and drained and exhausted. I, I walked into that class, like not having really talked to anyone in that country other than the lovely Balinese people who were taking care of me. And you were one of the first people other than that, that I talked to. And, and you said that you saw me and you're like, oh, this girl is why I'm here today. And I was like, oh, <laughs> cue the tears. <laughs> <laughs> you always know, like I've led hundreds of group breathwork sessions and you can see who's coming in with an agenda who's coming in with like what what they want to move what's going on and then you can always see the person who's like shit why am I here like I'm just trusting that somebody told me I should try this and I'm gonna give it a go and I thought I was gonna get some like hippy dippy spiritual lady in a flowy dress or you know some goddess and then you get me uh <laughs> which is just like a harsh blood New Yorker who's like are you fucking ready let's get it going you know and and so most people are like oh what and but the, the truth is it's like your intuition led you to wherever it is that you are so you're supposed to be there and you're supposed to get whatever message it is you know because I've gone into places where I'm like ah, is this it and then by the end I'm like yeah, yeah yeah this is it because like we we have this this universal map that we're just falling into you know like we have these intuitive ideas and we end up being somewhere and we're like oh my god we're so smart and put together but the universe is like jokes on you we have a bigger plan going on up here and you're just falling into line so when you fall on the line you just accept like whatever it is that you walk into and then for me accepting whoever walks into that room like that girl who tried to take my business had to be there for that day because she had a spiritual experience which squashed our beef and allowed her to show up for herself and like our beef on the side I don't, I don't care about that I care about that individual how their heart is what's going on with them and how I can best support them and watching her be vulnerable enough to get into those emotions was stunning and then we have you in the back of that having your own spiritual experience and your own awakening and I was like 
do, do I have everything? Do I have the best job in the world? Yeah. So cool. Definitely. So cool. And then I came up to you after, and it was so transformative. I came up to you afterwards and I think I started crying in like 3.2 seconds. <laughs> like full blown, like sobbing. Like my life story. Yeah. <laughs> so then we fun. sat in the sauna and you told me all the juicy goods. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're so more complex than I thought. <laughs> so which was funny. great. That's always but... a compliment. Still my favorite uh, compliments to even just think of people like in my head, I need to tell more people that more often, like actually verbalize it, that you're so much more complex than I maybe initially anticipated. And it's just one more way where we, we judge a book by its cover, which is probably why communication is so important. Maybe, 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 I mean, that's just one aspect, but let's, so let's get into this. (laughs) Let's talk about communication relationships because you and I have had many private conversations about this. And then we were like, we need to talk about this because this is one of the things that I get asked about the most is how to communicate. And this is so complex because one thing that I find coming up a lot, a lot is I find particularly from, and we're speaking in, in heteronormative terms here, just for the, the sake of this, but I often will have women come to me saying that they are communicating and, and let's just say for argument's sake, like relatively well, but that maybe the masculine isn't um, getting it. And then the, the feminine is feeling more like they're just nagging. And then it's like, okay, what, what is this disconnect and how do we make this happen? And I need to be clear, a, a lot of that is just, it's like a different filtering system is usually how I try to explain it to people. It's not that, that one is better than the other at all. It's that sometimes we just will hear and receive things differently than somebody else. And that's on an individual level too. That, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with no matter what gender you are or non-gendered or whatever that looks like. So what are some of the initial things that come to mind, Sarah, when, when you think about communication, like why do we struggle with this so much? I mean, nobody asked me about communication, which I think is hilarious because it's like <laughs> what I work with primarily and every, every, you know, session that I have with someone is usually dealing with like, okay, cool. You felt this way and you didn't communicate that. So you expected them to be a mind reader, right? Like how fair is that? Um, and then it's like, well, I didn't know how to say it. And it's like, of course you're afraid to be vulnerable for sure. You know, we don't know how that person's going to react because we can't control someone else's reactions or their emotions or anything. We have to just then be present and take in whatever it is they want to send back to us. But talking in the idea of like the masculine and the feminine, obviously like that's a big topic of discussion here in Bali. Cause we were always like, I'm balancing it. I'm getting into my feminine. And like, I get that I'm having masculine energy. I'm fine with it. I'm trying to soften up and I'm not holding on to it. But the thing that I find, and I work a lot with um, individuals who are in relationships where they're like, my partner just doesn't get this. And we're going to fight about this and fight about that. And I'm like, okay. And, and then I, I had two guys yesterday and um, they were like, oh, well, when I communicate this to my partner, they don't listen. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. And this is what a trauma therapist told me a while ago, which blew my mind. It was like, all right, so men speak from the mind, right? They just speak from the mind. Women speak from the heart. And if we could just figure out how to cross those lines properly, we'd be in a better, you know, communion with one another. But like you can't rationalize something to a woman when she's in a feeling and you can't, you know, only talk about feelings to a guy when they're wrapped up in their rational thoughts. Like it's, they're just going to be missing each other completely. So when I get into a conversation with my partner and I realize like I'm, I'm, I'm charged up on this thing and I want you to understand how emotional and intense I am on this. And, and he's like, just putting together like a, B and C that's what I need. I'm like, Oh, right. Can I pull it back and just talk about that stuff and and leave out the heavy emotions until later, until there's a better date and time. So there's a little bit about that. And that usually just comes up for me because it's like, well, how do you communicate? You know, do you speak from your heart? Do you speak from your brain? I'm a highly rational person, but I'm still very sensitive. And then also the idea of thinking that we're going to be able to be in perfect communication with everyone. Like, let's just dumb it down to the things that are really popular right now. Zodiac signs, human design, Um, how you receive and give love, the day of the week, the moons, the planets, like all of this stuff. And you're expecting us to be in perfect communion with one another all of the time, given the fact that we all have this unique blueprint. What? Like, 
No, it's, it's just not going to happen. It requires, you know, you to get into your feelings, to be vulnerable enough and then to share. But like, I, I talk about this all the time. Like I must, I'm a heavy water sign and the way that I communicate is intense. And the way that my partner receives communication is very different. He's very grounded and slow and put together and I'm not. So when we start to communicate back and forth, it's like, oh, for sure. That's why we're going to hit roadblocks. But what do you do when you hit a roadblock? I think is important. And what do you do when you trigger someone and are you, you know, in touch enough to understand what your triggers are, what your partner's triggers are, or your friends or your family, whatever that be. And can you be unselfish enough to look past your trigger to be there for that person? Oh, yeah, that is so important. And that's how we become what I usually like to refer to as like both either like an emotional translator or an emotional alchemist. Like you're taking sort of those, those painful moments, either pain that you are experiencing as the individual or pain that is happening between you and the person that you're trying to communicate with and turning that into a really, what can, what can turn into a really beautiful learning moment. And I'm not somebody who is necessarily like, you know, learn from every single little thing. Like, yes, the opportunities are there, but sometimes we need to just let life flow through us a little bit. But if we can become more of an emotional translator, there's a lot involved with that because it's not just about the words we speak. It's about the tone. It's about um, speaking in a way that our, our partner understands as well. The, the body language that's involved. There's so much to this. It's about so much more than just the words. And two, two different people can say the exact same sentence and they can come across in wildly different ways. So this is why I think it has to involve giving people a chance to, to learn the other person too. Like sometimes I'll see people who will start dating somebody and they might write them off very quickly, even if they see core, core qualities and values that, that line up really well. And I'm like, you kind of have to give it some space and there's no set time on that it, because it's going to look different for everybody. I'm, I'm not one for, for rules. I toss the rule book out the window, but I think that we have to give people time, both ourselves and the other person in order to learn how to do that dance, because it is, it's essentially a dance a little bit. Definitely. Uh, and it's also like, can you be kind, loving, compassionate in those moments when it is hard, right? Yeah. Like just pulling it back a smidge to be like, oh, okay, this is what's currently happening. Is this actually happening in reality land or is this, you know, happening in my head or the person's head or whatever's going on in that? I have a, a four C's framework that I teach around curiosity, compassion, conversation, and connection. And those four things equal, like not only, you know, the, the deeper connection, but, but that's sort of what makes up really solid communication is getting curious and then being really compassionate, assuming positive intent. I think that that's important too. And I say that as somebody who has been as anyone who has been listening to this podcast before knows I have been very badly betrayed. And I still am somebody who always tries to approach things from the standpoint of assume that someone else has your best interest at heart, especially if we're talking about our partners. We, we need to believe that we need to trust that. And yes, you know, there's discernment involved here and nuance and all of that. But I think that if we approach things from the standpoint of the other person is doing the best that they can with the information and knowledge that they have at that time, that changes the conversation because otherwise you go from being on like two separate teams and fighting each other to while we're actually a united front, we just need to better understand where the other person is coming from. Exactly. Uh, and finding that sense of understanding can be challenging, right? Especially like if you want to be right. Yeah, that's, that's what I am constantly shown with because like, I, I really like to be right. Okay, like, it's very hard for me to be like, right I'm sit back and say I was wrong um but like once once I give up that fight once I let down that wall enough to be like oh right there's a million ways to do things and this just happened to be that we had two different ideas and and that's across all things right like I am having a conversation with one of my business partners right now where like she's processing money in Aussie dollars and we charged in USD dollars and like we both have the same intent here right to make money and to support one another but we're missing the mark because I'm like no 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 like see your website says this 
so you charge them in this and I'm like who cares it's over seven bucks oh my god like <laughs> is it that important is it worth my sanity and, and one of my um, previous partners used to say to me he's like Sarah is it worth your peace is it worth giving up your peace your serenity your calmness this beautiful state of mind in order to be right and sometimes yes okay I'm a human person and I'm flawed, but most of the time it, it, it's a no, because I think we all need to work on finding more joy in our day-to-day -day lives and nothing is that friggin' serious. Yeah. Yeah. And what a powerful question. Is it worth your piece? I also ask clients sometimes, um, it, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Yeah. I feel Which like a therapist used to ask me that all the time. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> why can't okay. I have both though all the time? <laughs> I think, I think there's a way around it. Um, but I think usually it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's much easier to be like, I, I wave the white flag. I'm done. I'm done. Yes. No, I, I totally agree. I like what Jennifer's saying here too. And, uh, let me see here. We're also going to Carmen. We're also going to jump into your question as well. Um, Jennifer, yeah, as a highly sensitive person, I agree. It, it's tough as a highly, I also, Sarah, you and I are both like very highly sensitive people. And, and I absolutely <laughs> How dare you? I feel that. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. What about the, something that you and I had kind of talked about before was about the unnecessary negative weight that we put on communication as well, and really overcomplicating a simple task too. So yeah. how do we sort of remove that, that layer from it and simplify I think what's helpful in this scenario, or and by the way, like I'm not an expert in any of this. It's just my experience of working with people and, and a human. Um, but so for me, I, I found like once I start to get into that cycle of like, well, I don't know how to share that. I'm afraid to do that. But, but, but my brain starts to go. I utilize, you know, what I tell all of my clients to do, and it's like come back to this present moment, right? Like my brain can be a really dangerous area, and I've got to dumb it back down to being right here and right now and just be like, okay, can I take a breath? And, and of course, like whatever, you can be mad at me, it's my profession. Breath is gonna change your life, all right? And you can make fun of me because I made fun of myself when I started getting into this and it's everything. But the, the truth is, is when we start to get obsessive in our minds, we're starting to get into our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response. So at that moment, we actually can't make a clear decision because we're too busy in our own shit. So if you take a moment, step back to 10 full belly breaths to allow yourself to be in your parasympathetic nervous state, which can happen within a couple of minutes, right? So it's like, can you take that time out to sit with yourself, get into your body and breathe a little bit deeper so you can chill. And then you can make a clear decision because then usually I sit back and I'm like, oh, the 9 million thoughts I had three minutes ago actually aren't that important. You know, it's like, I can, I can calm down enough to be like, right. What I'm afraid of is being vulnerable. What I'm afraid of is what the response is going to be because back to, you know, what we were talking about in the earlier part, like I like control, you know, and, and that's, what's going to get in my way. And that's, what's going to separate me from the rest of the world. So once you start to feel and, and recognize what your behavior patterns are and how you're in flow with them, can you take a step back? recalibrate and come back and just remind yourself like your wants and needs, your thoughts, your experiences are important. They need to be voiced. We quiet ourselves down time and time again. And if you're coming from a place from loving compassion and you just want to be heard, whoever you're speaking to should greet you with that. Like that should be our first response. Uh, when people talk to me and they tell me heavy things, my first response isn't like to be on the attack. Right. And if it is, then I probably shouldn't be in that conversation. Uh, so just go in thinking that like somebody wants your highest good. That, that's there for you. Um, but where's your self-worth and your self-love? Do you believe that you're worthy of being met with love and compassion? Or are you constantly, you know, trying to figure out like where you fit and how you fit? Uh, so it's just, I think, you know, quieting down just enough so you can find some peace in you before you open your mouth and you can realize like none of it is, is that, that serious. And of course there are serious conversations that are hard to have. I'm not diminishing that. Um, but like, excuse me, I'm just speaking in my own experience of like, I have to, it takes me a lot to open my mouth. It seems like I can run my mouth pretty clearly, but when it comes to things that are important for me, it's a little challenging. I'm, I'm not a wizard in it. And when I step back and, and feel into like, oh, what this is, is, you know, the fear that if I share this, this person's going to have a response, like my parents' responses were to me when I was a kid, then that's diminishing that that's, you know, inner child wounds, still working on those probably forever going to be working on them. But that that's, 
that imprints how I act in all my future relationships. So sometimes that needs a little bit of love. And sometimes I say, you know, to my friends, I'm like, oh, well, last time I said this, my dad said blah, blah, blah to me. And it made me feel small. And they're like, oh, honey, like, I love you. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> it's very healing. It's really healing. And, 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 but we have to allow ourselves to receive the healing. And that can be the hardest part because it involves being vulnerable first. And, and yeah. sometimes we'll also engage in relationships where we're waiting for the other person to communicate and be vulnerable with us before we will do it with them. And that mm. doesn't work well. We, we have to sort of be the ones to be willing to open up first and to trust that either the other person will receive us or that we will have ourselves if the other person doesn't. It's, it's trusting the process of allowing the chips to fall. And that's a huge part of communication to begin with is because we have so much fear around communication, around fear of rejection, fear of um, not uh, receiving love. That post that, that I put up about all the, the things that you listed around fears around communication, we could go on all day about why we fear communicating and communicating our needs and like feeling needy and, and all of these things. But we have to open a little bit if we're going to expect the other person to open as well it has to be reciprocal and sometimes you can get engaged in this who's going to go first situation and if, if you're in that kind of dynamic you probably need to just be the one to open and then the other person's reaction will tell you a lot about that the quality of that relationship potentially for sure and as you're saying that i i i'm just combative sometimes and i want to come back and be like it's not your job to go first but i was thinking like well what if we could even communicate like hey i want to have a harder conversation right now and, and i feel nervous right like what if we yeah. just lead with the simpler things about like what the feeling is so you can give someone an opportunity to actually show up first and the feeling is always valid too yeah so and then you're not coming at it from like a let's just say it's a situation where you're like you hurt my feelings that that is subjective but your feeling is very valid so you can approach it basically like you're saying like hey i'm feeling this way and then that can lead into the conversation yeah it's beautiful <laughs> i'm just so i'm like thinking because like I have people say to me all the time like well i feel this way and i still want to rationalize around it and i'm like it doesn't matter like whatever they're feeling is their current experience and i'm not here to diminish that i'm only here to witness it and be like okay how can i show up for you what will make you feel more most comfortable right now and i think that comes into you know working with trauma-informed uh communication skills where it's not like bringing it back to you but more just being like and holding space is a big topic here and probably like you hold space so well and i'm like what does that even mean uh but turns out it just means like sitting shutting up listening active listening and asking someone what do you need right now how can i best love you how can i support you how can i show up for you and then when they say what they want doing it you know not then being like but no you know eh. my therapist always says to me she's like the answer is never no it's it's no but and if it's like somebody's asking you for the moon obviously you can't give them the moon be like okay no i can't give you the moon but we can go look at the moon in the telescope how does that feel you know like always finding a way to work around that so you're still remaining in integrity but still showing up for that person because i think a lot of us have, have verbalized our wants or our needs and we've had friendships parents partnerships whatever be like no no thank you and sure then that you know. slowly teaches us over time that that what we want and need isn't important it's not valid it's not worth it and and that makes me really sad because you can verbalize what you want that's all right and and you can either do it for yourself or you can find people that can support you but you're never going to be able to do it if you keep it on the inside yeah yeah and then that's the biggest yeah i love that you mentioned the act of listening because that is one of the biggest parts of communication that gets left out we talk about all of the things to say and the tools to use and all of that and that's great yes that is a big part of it but we leave out this other massive piece, which is actually being on the receiving end of the communication and how we receive it is just as important, if not more so than the words that we actually speak. So that the, the listening and active listening and engaging part is so crucial to the entire experience of communication, particularly when we're talking about communication in the bedroom. So mm. let's talk about this because I know you, this is one of our, you and I have had many conversations about this. <laughs> Put my hair up. One moment. <laughs> Hold please. 
The hair is going up. This is getting serious. <laughs> we always get serious chat time. Okay. 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 Let's talk about like communication in the bedroom because it's already incredibly vulnerable. It, it takes <laughs> all of the fears around communication into hyperdrive. It can feel super awkward, all of these things. So then people end up not communicating their needs at all because they feel like somebody's going to think that they're weird or um, that they're not going to want to do that. Yeah. People, people will think whatever they're going to think. <laughs> it ends up being super uncomfortable. And then we have, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a ridiculous number of women in particular who are not even orgasming in the bedroom because they don't know either what to ask for, or they just don't know how to ask for it. And then the other part of it that can sometimes happen is you can be communicating your needs and the other person is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they don't actually follow through either. Yep. That is also problematic. So what do you have to say about communication in the bedroom, Sarah? <laughs> God, I have so much to say. Cause like, here's the deal. I was a liar for like my entire twenties and my sexual experiences. I didn't know how to say what I wanted, what I liked. I didn't even know what I liked. I didn't spend time with my own body to figure out what it is that I liked. So how could I expect somebody else to show up? Right. Like that's a huge part of it right there. And that, I think that applies to like all of our needs in general. If you don't know what your needs are, how are you ever going to communicate them, whether it's in the bedroom or otherwise? Like you, that's, exactly. that's where it's so important to be able to get to know yourself. Definitely. And, and I think that's where I, I found myself, like I, I would be at brunch with my friends, like, oh my God, I hooked up with this guy and I had the best orgasm. And I was like, well, let me fall into line and say the same thing. Cause I think that's what's supposed to happen. I, I think if I don't, if I say that I'm struggling here, they're going to look at me like I'm broken. Uh, and, and my reality was, is that I had undergone a lot of sexual trauma. So for me, it was really hard for me to feel comfortable and safe to experience pleasure with anyone. Um, and I had never taken the time with myself. So once I started to do that, I was like, <laughs> what? This is incredible. Um, and then after I got out of uh, my long-term relationship, I was like, I vow to never lie about this again, you know, and, and to communicate my needs and to spend time with myself so I can say these things. And, and who cares if somebody thinks you're weird? Who cares if they say they don't wanna do what you wanna do? Congratulations, you're honoring yourself and your needs by saying it out loud. And it's not their job to meet it, um, but maybe they're going to. And, you know, getting over the hurdle of having an uncomfortable conversation about this is so vital. I mean, my partner and I were on holiday last week and we had a, a difficult conversation about our sex life. And, and we're like, okay, well, we wanna spend more time with this. We wanna get in deep deeper with this. And it's great because that means that there's momentum and something can change. But if you don't say anything, everything's going to stay the same. Nothing's going to change. No one's ever going to be able to read your mind and be like, oh, she wants me to touch her there. Or, oh, I want that. And I don't know how to say it, you know? And it's just like, right, we, we need to continue to put words to this. And if we could normalize conversations around sex, imagine how much better sex we all could be having. You know, I, I hate it when we're like, yeah, I, I have a, the best fake orgasm noise. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are you giving anyone an accolade Somebody for not doing something? Oh my God, people say it all the time. They're like, oh, do you no. know my fake orgasm sounds? And I'm like, no, I want no, to No, nobody wants to hear that because yeah, I would rather that you actually get off and I don't I don't have to be privy to the fake version. <laughs> yeah, like what? And and I, I said to her, I was like, stop giving your boyfriend a trophy for not doing the race. Stop it. He did not hit the finish line. Uh, so knock and it off. You know? That's not fair to your partner because then, then they think that, yes, you are, you are literally lying to them. You are actively lying to them. And that's not okay. When you're out of your integrity, you're going to feel that in your body. You will feel yep. that in your body. Even if you aren't aware of it, you will feel it. And you, then it's like, okay, how many other areas of your life are you out of integrity? How many other areas are you not communicating your needs? But let me tell you, as a woman with heavy experience in this from faking them for a decade, I was out of integrity everywhere. I was doing things all the time that I didn't want to do. I do tasks at work that were outside of my job scope. And I would be like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. No, no, it wasn't okay. I was miserable, you know? And so it's the truth is, is like, if they're, if, like you were just saying, like, if you're out of integrity, it's going to end up being in every other place of your life. You're just not going to be, you know, so noticeable on it. Cause you're like, well, it's, it's not directly related to my pleasure. So what? Uh, but the second that I started being like, no, 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 actually that doesn't work for me. I prefer this. How about we try that? Bop, 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 bop. Then in life, when somebody was like, oh, let's go to this party. No, 
I don't want to go to party. I don't want to go to any party. I'll go to a party at 2 p.m. if I can be home by 3.15. That's who I am. And I thought like I had to show up for all these things. I had to do these things that I didn't want to do. Nope. Guess what? My ass is an introvert most of the time. And I like it. I like it. Yeah. And that's allowed. Uh, so yes. And like the other thing. So I, I run a, a program with my friend, Kristen. She's Yonilicious on Instagram. She's incredible. She's like She's female amazing. everything. She's I need oh, to have I her on her. the podcast. I don't know why I haven't had her on the podcast yet. Actually. I need to get her <laughs> girl, get her. She's amazing. Uh, but we ran, we ran this uh, workshop called conscious kink. And I mean, you say the word kink and people immediately blush. And they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> no, <laughs> like fuck, we all like having sex. Come on. Okay. No, no, no. I lied. Not everyone likes having sex. Most people do. Most people want to explore a little bit more. And I'm sorry, porn has like ruined our lives and has opened our, our eyes up to so many other things that could be possible. And if you want to try something and you don't know how to verbalize it, are you ever going to be able to experience it? Probably not. And the thing with like the, the kink world, the BDSM world is like, there's no shaming allowed. Like if you're into peeing on humans, be into peeing on humans. It's not my thing. I don't want to do it, but I'm not going to be like, that's weird and gross. Like, no, celebrate your sister, your fellow brother, whatever it is you do you, as long as there's consent happening there, you know? So we, we talked all, all about how to verbalize, you know, what it is that you want to try and what it is that you might be into and being able to be like, I want to try this. Please ask me how I feel about it. Verbalizing how you do feel about it. Because if you don't tell your sexual partner what's going on, they're not going to know. And yeah. they may do it again. And you might be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I, didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like it, <laughs> you know? So it just really comes down to like, what feels good for you? How do you verbalize it? And how do you even start getting into figuring that out? Which is just taking a lot of time with yourself and saying uncomfortable things out loud. Like, I'd like you to fuck me in the ass. What? Yeah, <laughs> you know? to try like, it out. Yeah. And just say that to yourself and whatever it is that you might want, obviously it's, it's, it may not be that, um, but whatever it is, the thing that you're craving, say it out loud to yourself enough times where it feels normal for you. And then you can share that with someone. And then again, like they may come at you like, Oh, oh wasn't ready for that. You know, or they may be like, Oh my God, yes, I'm in like, let's go. That's the thing is that we, we create entire stories in our head of like, if I say this, this is the entire chain reaction and basically movie plot line of everything that will happen and go wrong if I say this one thing. And yeah. we have no idea that that's actually going no. to happen. We have no idea. And the other thing I want to point out here too is that if you aren't communicating your needs in, in the bedroom in particular, but th this can apply kind of across the board, but especially in the bedroom, again, you're actually going to feel that in your body. This is why I take a holistic approach with, with the people that I work with because your body will actually probably tense up and then you won't be able to likely even experience much pleasure because you are so busy in your head focusing on the thing that you don't like. And that's also taking away from the experience for your partner as much as it is for you. That's taking away yeah. from the experience for both of you. It's so out of integrity and it does not equal a fun time for anyone. <laughs> Nobody has a fun time. And yeah, no. you know, even if both of you end up getting off great, but the experience can be so much more elevated if you're just fucking honest about what you want, or at least about trying something that you're curious about or something. Exactly. And I think it's also important to add in here. Um, we've been taught that the entire purpose of sex is to get off, but I dare you to go have a sexual experience where you don't orgasm. I'm and so just feel what the, I was going to mention this too. Yes. Yeah. Like, and just see like what the orgasmic orgasm. energy in you feels like and separating that, you know, from the orgasm, just understanding that that energy infiltrates your entire system. And when we sit with that and allow that to ruminate in here, it's, it can be just as good as getting off, yeah. but like we go with this end goal in mind and it's like, well, if we don't get there, then it wasn't worth it. Like how many times have I had a conversation with everyone? Like, well, he didn't get me off. I'm like, well, did you have fun? Was yeah. it good? Like what? Like who cares? Sure. And like, as the gal who didn't get off for 10 years, I had incredible sexual experiences, you know, <laughs> like none of, I don't look at back at any of them like, well, they suck because they couldn't get me off. No, no, no. I was detached from my own experience. So I couldn't get there, but I still felt this incredible energy throughout my body. And that was a win. So if you've never tried, give it a go. And maybe even with self-pleasure, if there's no one out there for you, you know, to like dip your toe in right now, um, just do it with self-pleasure and see like what that energy feels like in your body and how much more connected can you be to your body and your breath and be in that present moment. And the other aspect about this too, and, and I also find this, this happens, I feel like this can happen on both sides actually, is feeling really guilty if your partner doesn't get off to the point where it can actually like make your, your partner feel bad too, like that they didn't get off. 
because you can take it on so much that even if, you know, you, that, that can almost tie in a lot with like uh, the not good enoughness, the people pleasing, all of those types of, of things that can come up for so many of us as well. But that's also problematic because then it's almost like you're already putting all kinds of pressure then on the next encounter that the two of you have. Because like, oh, well, I didn't get you off this time. So now I, I have to make absolutely sure that, that I do this time. And, and it just, we get so in our heads about these, in these experiences. And we just, the, the, the most potent and powerful part about a really solid sexual experience is presence. And if we are so in our heads, that presence becomes removed from the equation because we're not present. We're thinking about maybe what went wrong the last time or what might go wrong the next time. And you know, what, what is happening here and there? And, and we are not actually present emotionally with the person that we're having the experience with. And that again, will take away from the entire experience for both of you. You can feel that, that, that energy. And when it's not there, you can sense it and it takes away from it. Definitely. I don't really have anything to add on to that besides the fact that like for, energy is felt like that's the thing. And, and we feel it from everyone all of the time. And I think we've been taught not to trust our intuition in that, which is problematic. So it's like just taking that moment to check in with yourself. And I think honestly, like the, the basis of communication has to come with yourself first. And if you can't be honest to yourself, how are you going to be honest with others? So getting really clear, you know, with where you're at, so you can come in integrity is going to impact everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love this so much. I mean, is there anything else before we kind of like dive into some of the questions that, that, uh, that I see coming up, is there anything else in particular that comes to mind for you when you think of communication or that you see coming up with other people, either with some of the people that you work with, or even just, um, like in, in friendships and stuff as well? I think a lot of it comes down to fear and, I think it's important for us to also take a look at what is our relationship to fear like, you know, what are you afraid of? And, and for me personally, usually when I have a fear going on in my mind or body, it's because I'm choosing to believe in a lie. But if I back everything up and I believe that I'm being guided in this life by like a universal love that has a bigger picture than what I have, I have to believe that I'm taken care of. And like in my experience alone, like I went from not the best childhood, you know, absentee mother, like emotionally moving into active alcoholism, multiple sexual assaults, losing myself completely, living my life for other people. And so there was a lot of fear going on in my body. But like, if I look at all of that, I've been carried the whole way through. I've never been dropped, right? Like I've never not been okay. So if I'm coming down to the, you know, the facts here in reality land, and I'm in a fear of like sharing something with a friend or my parents or, you know, my partner, what is the fear? Where is it coming from? What is the lie that I'm choosing to believe in? And if there was this universal power carrying me throughout all of these hard times, what would that universal power want for me? And usually it's to communicate and to be loved and supported because I'm deserving of that. And that's not something we need to earn. Like that is a God-given right, I truly believe. So, you know, aligning yourself with people that are going to be there and to support you and, and understanding that like you can choose to believe in that fear. That's an option for you. I've done it time and time again, and it hasn't served me. But when I get out of my own way to understand that I'm choosing to believe in this lie, then there's so many more other opportunities in front of me. I just have to open my eyes to them. And if the worst case scenario is that I say something and that my feelings get hurt, my feelings have been hurt before. Have I died? No. I've made it through. I'm a resilient individual, but I would rather be working through this life as a resilient individual who's also soft, caring, loving, and compassionate rather than rigid. Well, you've hurt my feelings and I'm going to build this wall up and screw you and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's okay. You're all right. So coming down to, you know, like, okay, if you are in fear of opening up your mouth and communicating, can you find a moment of softness for yourself? Can you find a moment and see you've come as far as you have in this life? Your words are important. Give them the freedom and see how people react to you. Um, that's my long-winded answer. I love that answer so much. And, and to me, so much of that ultimately comes down to trust. Like so yeah. much of that comes down to trust, not only in, you know, whatever higher power you, you might believe in, but also whether that's, you know, the universe or God, or however you want to, to phrase that and just trust in ourselves as well. And trusting that 
most other people have our best interests at heart and trusting that you will come through this feeling, this experience, this process in one way or another. And I, I talk to people about this a lot, about the, the power of, of being resilient is being really resilient can harden you and it can also soften you and you have options there. And I've had conversations with, with several people lately who have been really heavily betrayed. And I have said to them, I'm like, take what, you know, I want you to think about what, what you feel are the very best qualities about you, like that you are soft, you're sensitive, you're compassionate, you're trusting all of those things. You have a, a huge, beautiful heart. And I want you to protect those qualities. Like your life depends on it because you, you need to, those are the best things about you. Do not allow these experiences to harden or to take away these really incredibly beautiful qualities that so many people would love to have these qualities. So many people would love to be on the receiving end of you giving these qualities so that they can give back to you, but you'll never experience that if you build the walls. And if you never, if you just completely shut down and you never allow those things to ever come through ever again. I love that. Yeah. It's just uh, finding the softness in life, I think is quite often usually the answer. And I was just thinking, as you were saying, um, if, if we're clear with our intent is also important. So like some, uh, one of my closest friends, like we, we say to each other, like when we're venting about something, I was like, do you need to be heard right now? Do you need feedback? Like, what is it that you want from that situation? So then that person can be prepared. Like sometimes I go into it and I'm like, listen, I don't need your advice. All I need is to be heard right now. And it's usually when I'm pacing in front of a Starbucks, losing my mind. Um, but then, then that person knows like they don't have to do anything but listen right and and be on my side like most frequently i just need a cheerleader loyalty is everything to me and so sometimes i just need to be like yeah screw that person bop 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 you know and then and i'm like yeah it did and then like after i get that out of me i'm like oh actually what it is is that i feel betrayed and they're like yeah for sure okay cool glad we got to that moment but like honoring whatever that feeling that emotion is coming up in that moment is so 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 important so then you can get back to you know the the more level-headed oh this this is what i'm actually experiencing as opposed to just always trying to be in in fix it mode yeah. which i also find the masculine can lean really heavily towards the the doing and like wanting to fix things and that's such a beautiful quality it's one of the most beautiful qualities about the masculine is that they want to, to fix things and they often do, you know, they, they're so capable of that, but sometimes we just want to, to vent and, and the masculine will have that experience too, that sometimes they don't want anyone else to try and fix anything for them. It goes both ways. Sometimes we just need to be heard and that, that can then have this magical sort of healing effect all by itself without anything else even being involved in it. Definitely. Cause isn't there anything, or is there anything worse than like when you offer up your advice to someone and they don't take it? I'm so offended. And I'm like, Oh my God, they never asked. They never right. asked for my advice in this realm, you know? And I'm like, shit. Okay, cool. And yeah, I've experienced, I've experienced that with a lot of my partners. And I'm like, well, cause they're doers, right? Like they're the movers and the shakers. And as females, we're supposed to be nurturers, whatever. Like this is deeply ingrained in us. You can fight it all you want, but it is what it is. And, and so, you know, like when my partner offers up ideas and I'm like, didn't want that. No, nope. wanted you actually <laughs> to pet my head. But like, did I tell him I wanted him to stroke my hair? No, no. I came in like a hot purse. Like, bam, here we are. You know. So it's like, okay, right. So being clear with your words, being clear with what you actually need from that person, and then being like, this is where we're at. Boom, and then dropping that in on them, or even asking, hey, do you have the time and space to take this on right now? Because I. And booked and busy guys. All right. And like, I love nothing more than showing up for the people that I love. But when I've got 15 clients a week, it's hard. Okay. Like it's hard. Cause I'm like, I've already heard everyone's trauma and I just need a minute, you know? And so like Wednesdays here, like we don't talk about heavy stuff in our household. I don't take phone calls from friends. I just kick it. And, and then that's my recharge moment. So then I can continue to show up for other people, but like asking if somebody has the time and energy to take on your stuff right then is going to set you up for success. And it'll also show that person that you're talking to that you care enough about their mental well-being. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I use that all the time with, with people close to me and stuff as well. I will ask them and they will ask me as well. You and I have done that for each other too. Like, Hey, do you have yeah. this, the space to hold this right now? And sometimes people might not, and you need to respect that. And then it also doesn't mean 
no, like a permanent, no, it can be like a, no, not right now. I need to get some sleep. I need to have a rest day, whatever. It, can we circle back to this, uh, in two days or something, you know, yeah. like, and that's, that's fine. That's beautiful. But otherwise it can actually be quite damaging. If we come at people with all of our shit and they aren't prepared to receive it. And then neither party is going to be happy. We're going to feel unsatisfied with the other person's response. And the other person is going to feel resentful because they're going to feel dumped on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, I think that that comes down to what it's important. Like I always tell people to have like five humans that they can reach out to. And, and I think like they say, like, as you get older, like you only really have five friends anyways, but like, don't put all of your dependence on one person. Like if I were to do that to my partner, that would be unfair. So like I have my partner, my dad and my best friend from home. And if one of them or if none of them, which has never happened, um, can't, you know, hear me or hold space for me, um, guess what? at the end of the day, I am still perfectly okay, full and complete as I am. And sometimes the greatest lesson is patience and understanding that the timing of everything is working in favor for you. Even if it feels insufferable and just um, uncomfortable in that present moment. Again, I've never died from having a feeling. <laughs> I certainly have felt like I have. I have laid on this kitchen floor right next to me and been like, because <laughs> it was like, 2 p.m. here, which meant 2 a.m. in home. So half of my people weren't there. My partner was surfing. And I was like, <laughs> guess what? I lived. And that was two weeks ago, right? So like these things still happen. So it's like finding the, the grace and dignity to, to float through those uncomfortable moments to realize like, you got it. You good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also the 2 a.m. Uh, Instagram DM conversations that you and I have had. <laughs> So many. I'm always like, why so are you many. up? Go to bed. My ass is never up at 2 a.m. Let's be clear. I love sleep. I'm usually I'm not bed. either. That's when you know I'm like stressed. If I'm up at 2 a.m., it's usually because yeah. there's a problem. <laughs> I see that and I'm like, ooh. ooh yeah, you're I like, what, what are you doing my friends? We need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's go through some of these questions here. Questions, how can I accept myself and how can I accept, accept all that I am? Oof. Big question. That's a big question. And I need, I need to start, Sarah, I want to get your thoughts on this too. The one thing that I want to start this with is that I actually have a post already started in my drafts around this, but this type of thing doesn't happen immediately. And there's so much, there's so much pop psychology bullshit floating around Instagram. One of the things, one of the many is that it's like, you know, just love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. And I think that then a lot of us end up feeling like there's something wrong with us because we don't necessarily feel like we do love ourselves. And first of all, I think that it's more than acceptable to get to the point of just liking yourself, that that can just be enough and recognizing certain things that you, that you like about yourself, certain qualities that you like about yourself and starting there before you, you have to walk before you run. I think that that's really important. And sometimes we, we put that type of task so-called up on a pedestal where we feel like it's so far from where we currently are that it's impossible to get there. And it's like, well, I kind of, I'm so unhappy right now. How can I ever get to this uh, golden point up in the sky that I have created in my mind of like, that's what self-love looks like, but I'm way down here. It's sort of yeah. like a pedestal moment. Sarah, what, what do you want to say about that? Uh, I feel like self-love has been thrown around a lot over the past mm -hmm. couple of years in the wellness industry. And I, I've, I've struggled with it my whole life. Like when I started out on my uh, journey for my mental health and my well-being, the, the person that I started to work with, my coach, Dana Balicki, um, she said, do you love yourself? And guys, I flipped her off. I told her to go fuck herself and that I would never say that. She lovingly laughed at me. And then I said, I can't afford your program anyway. So like, ta-ta, guess what? I'm never saying this. And then in a, a course of events, I ended up working with her. And by the end, I was like, hell yeah, I love myself. I'm fucking incredible, you know? But that does not mean I love myself every day. And I think we see a lot on social media, like all of these like highlight reels of people being like, oh my God, just love yourself. And then you can have this incredible life like I have. And, and it's funny because like Bali is kind of a Mecca of Instagram famous people. And let me tell you, they are some of the most miserable people I've ever met in my life. It is absolutely astonishing the difference from what they show on their, you know, Instagram stories and who they are in real life. That is absolutely upsetting. Can we so talk don't about that for a minute? <laughs> I love nothing more. I we, love nothing we need more. to talk about this for a minute because people I have said to people before, I'm like, stay in Bali too long and you will become cynical. 
and they don't yeah. understand what I mean. And I, I, and the best way I can sometimes think to describe it is that Bali is like the LA of Indonesia. And there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And when you've seen behind the curtain and you've seen a lot of the bullshit that goes on and exactly what you're talking about, Sarah, where, where things are presented, these, these influencers who have sometimes hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers that, you know, you and I will just like go to the gym with and work out with and eat breakfast with. <laughs> They're people. They're, They're people. people too. They are just people, people with shit. Like, well, yes, they have their own shit, just like all of us do. And you know, there can be times where, and I have done this as well. I, I cried. I was in tears right before we got on this podcast for full disclosure. And then there are times where, you know, and, and I don't necessarily go on Instagram every day and talk about that, but then it would be the, it's the influencers who pretend that they never have a bad day. That's the part that yeah. I have an issue with because they paint okay. this this self-love, positivity only, good vibes only, whatever bullshit. And I'm like, you cried with me over pancakes this morning. Like, don't pretend that you don't have your own shit. <laughs> yeah, I, it drives me up a wall just because authenticity is really important to me. And I think it really comes down to the, the fact that when you see these kinds of individuals who, who are afraid to show that they're flawed, AKA human, um, they're afraid that they're gonna lose business or that people aren't going to trust them. And when you're living out of alignment like that, I'm concerned because how can you help someone if you're being dishonest with yourself? So I'm, I'm always very clear and I've canceled appointments with clients when I've had too much going on for me. And I'm like, listen, I, I actually can't be there for you. And if you follow me on Instagram, um, you know, I'm hella, hella transparent. Like, I don't care. You can judge me. You can think that I'm attention seeking, but I'm here to normalize that. Like I'm a person who has a really, really blessed and privileged life. But guess what? I also suffer from depression. I've had suicidal ideations within this past year alone. I've had a very, very troubling and hard year with my partner where we're learning more and more about one another, but that means we're going through the shit. You know, so I'm not going to plaster, you know, happy couple photos or like that everything is, you know, roses all of the time because that's just not true. And it's and thinking like, and, and I could go into it being like, oh, well, somebody's not going to sign up for a session with me because they're going to see that like I wanted to die last week. And you know what? If that's how they feel, they get to feel like that. But like, this is who I am. And I, I interact with a lot of people here who are always like best face forward, best face forward. And I think that's some antiquated thinking that is, you know, from our parents' generation where it was like, don't ever share anything. Don't let people in. Don't let somebody too close because then they're going to hurt you. But guess what? I've been hurt time and time again, and I'm still standing here full of love. So all is well, and I have no problem showing you the cracks because I'm also not afraid to do the work. I've been in two healing sessions alone this week because I'm trying to work on some stuff and some trust. And, and that's where I'm growing, right? So I have this opportunity to share the fact that I'm an imperfect person who's doing the best that I can to make it through this life. And all I want to do is make another person feel less alone. And if I can be the loud ass human doing that, welcome, welcome to my family. I'm so happy that you're here because I don't know what to do with perfect people. I don't know how to talk to you, but I do know how to talk to the humans that have been in some shadows. And, and for me, that's, that's where that real connection comes from. And that's where the deep communication can happen. And then we can grow and thrive together. But if I'm pretending I'm perfect, how's anyone ever going to get close to me? How am I ever going to feel supported, cared, and loved for? I'm probably not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly where the connection is born from. And this is why I have such a problem with the, the good vibes only shit that goes on, because I just see so many people who don't really truly understand that that transparency piece is is where the magic happens that's yeah. where the magic happens and we have to remember that we we have to be able to support that so i'm not sure um how much that necessarily answered carmen's question but hopefully that oh i wanted to just touch on that for a second so yeah. i think it was all about like coming in and like figuring out like how to get there patience first and foremost like it's it's a slow process like it, it doesn't happen overnight and that means sometimes I, I am in alignment and I do love myself and that means sometimes I wake up and I'm like I hate everything oh no but where I started which I think is a really great place for everyone to start with their self-love journey because that's the thing it's like I think we preach a lot about self-love um on social media platforms but then it's like how how am I supposed to do this? Like, give me the guide. Um, and, and I can't give you the guide for you, right? Uh, like you're, you're a whole individual person. I don't know what's best for you, but I know that when I was starting on my journey, my teacher had given me this book called um, 
mirror work by Louise Hay. Uh, and it's a 21 day, super easy guided thing where you just do a task and you go with it. And for me, I fought it for a year and a half and then I finally did it. And I was like, why did I wait so long? <laughs> there are simple, simple things. And I got to see that like, there's so much greatness in me that I had ignored or I had dumbed down, or I thought if I celebrate this, that I'm going to look egotistical. And, and then I just got all of this precious, precious time with myself, not with Instagram, Facebook, partner, friends, no one's stroking my ego. It was me with me and seeing myself for the first time and really being able to celebrate it. So I would suggest grabbing that. It's on Amazon. It's hella cheap. Louise Hay was like this badass lesbian. She died a few years ago and I friggin' love her. Um, so give, give it a go. Love it. I'll definitely reference that in the show notes for sure. Okay. Uh, so we're going to start to wrap up. We'll uh, uh, grab another couple of questions. Just know everyone, I am reading all of your comments, so I'm not missing anything, even if I'm not um, commenting on them. Jennifer wants to know about guided masturbation, sensual breathing. Is that a thing? Yes, it is, honey. <laughs> uh, so, so there's a, there's a bunch of stuff online, but I, I specifically breathe women into orgasm. I'm working on a male part currently, uh, but same same person that I, I teamed up with, Kristen uh, Yonilicious. We were getting into that, and I was hosting group classes here in Bali, and women were coming up to me afterwards, being like. I orgasm. Is that normal? First and foremost, fuck normal. Secondly, you're coming in a room of 50 people. Hell yes. Hell yes. Those and are actually a thing in Bali for anyone who doesn't know. Like they're actual breathwork classes that I've been to that are dedicated specifically to like orgasming in the class. <laughs> That's with me. Honey. In a room full of people. So, <laughs> so I, I've come up with this pattern that, you know, I've tried and tested by yours truly. <laughs> and, and it's called breathgasm. And I just have a lot of fun with women. And it's a pre a recorded workshop that if you want, you can so hit me up and I can share that with you. Um, but it's all about just breathing into your body and starting to celebrate that and, and just really getting into the nooks and crannies of who you are and understanding what pleasure orgasmic pleasure feels like all of that. Um, but for sure, there's, there's so many different resources that you can use. Google is the best tool of all time, but if you're interested in breathing into orgasm, I'm your gal. I love it. Yes. And Sarah's absolutely, I use Sarah uh, sometimes with my private clients as well, like for, for private sessions and stuff. And so I, anyway, <laughs> I don't talk about this very often, but my biggest goal usually with uh, my private clients is to under promise over deliver. So I usually just tell them like, you know, you might have a couple surprises, like as we work together and then like do things like that. Yeah. And then um, she brings me in and I take them to fucking space and I'm like, let's exactly, party. Exactly. The last client I had that went through it, it, she, she's so funny. She'd never done anything like that before. And I talked to her the day after our session and she was like, that really like, I, I felt lighter. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I'm like, that's the magic of, of not only breathwork, but Sarah guiding you through the breathwork. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here to shake you up a little bit, get you back into your body so that you can continue living, you know, this brilliant life and hopefully having it be with greater ease and comfort. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This has just been awesome. Like I couldn't have asked for a better turnout for the first one, especially like this is amazing. So thank you to everyone who came. Sarah, where can we find you and how can we support you? I mean, so many ways. You can just send me all of your money. Just kidding. <laughs> Again, I'm Sarah Silverstein. You can find me on Instagram by Sarah Silverstein. Um, I offer a weekly breathwork session. So I started this members only breath family, which has been incredible. There's about 35 of us who come together and breathe for 20 minutes every Sunday. And it's always recorded and sent to you afterwards if you can't come live. But it's just a really nice reset um, before your week starts off to fight off those Sunday scaries and get into your body and just to connect in with some people who, you know, can support you and love you. I think so many of us feel alone in our lives. And so like having that little family has just changed mine. So um, you can find that on my website at sarahsill.com. And if you ever want to talk about sexuality or, you know, becoming a breathwork facilitator, just slide into my DMs. I am obsessed with my phone and I'm always there. So I'm here to support you in any way and also to refer you to things that might be beneficial for you. So please utilize me. I'm here for you. I would love to communicate with you. Uh, and yeah, that's me. I love this so much. Okay. And Sarah, I know, and I don't remember what your last answer was, but I ask every guest this. So I know I've already asked you this once before, but if you could give people one piece of advice onto growing into the best possible version of themselves. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting you anyway. What would it be? <laughs> I hate these things. Like, can you send it to me first? So no, because I, I like the off the cuff answers better. <laughs> 
don't wash your hair an hour before you're doing something. <laughs> Always make sure you've got coffee beans in the house. Listen, Just I'll take kidding. that advice. <laughs> no, I mean, if I, if I could give you one thing, I, I think what resonated the most out of my own mouth here today was remembering that we're all fear-based people and you can choose to allow that to debilitate you or to see the truth of the matter, which is that there's something out there that wants the best for you. And if, if you struggle with the idea of like a universal being or a power please just know that I believe in you and that I'm here for you and that you can walk through any sort of fear and you're never alone. Oh, so beautiful. Mm. I love you, my friend. I love you. I miss you. It's been a whole year since I last hugged you and I'm not a fan. (laughs) Me either. Okay. This has been amazing. Sarah, stick around for a sec. And thank you everybody for coming. I am seriously, I'm so overjoyed that everybody came and that you got to participate. This This is so amazing. We're definitely going to do this again. This was awesome. So thank you so much for coming. And I just love every single one of you. (laughs) Yay. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.